0: From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam.
1: And welcome to Sports Info UM. Sam, what's going
2: on? Hey, man, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Sam, at least one of our UMs made it to the finals. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm happy for the UM over there at Michigan. You know, I'm sorry, you know, University of Miami Hurricanes didn't make it as far as you guys did. But hey, let's be happy for one UM making it.
2: Hey man, it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's been a long 20 years uh, for the University of Michigan's basketball program. They've went through a lot of adversity, and uh, it's just great to see them back uh in the big game and uh you know i I tell you one thing that america loves it's almost like tiger woods they love to see that amazing blue on national tv it's just uh, it's just the instant money maker
1: i don't get the uh like tiger woods because tiger woods is red
2: no when tiger woods is, when tiger woods is in the hunt that's uh. when the ratings go out the the ratings are, are high everyone's happy it, it's a financial thing and uh you know there's the University of Michigan is a big draw worldwide, and like I said, it's great to be back in our rightful place.
1: You know, you know, you know. What really uh, impresses me with, with Michigan is uh, to see these guys, man. Like like Hardaway Jr. and Glenn Rice. You know, to see these guys. I, I remember seeing their fathers playing college and in pros, and to see them playing, it's just kind of like wow. You know, it, it's like the apple don't fall far from the tree. But man, this gene is strong, and to see this kid. Um, Man, um, Harford. You know his brother played at University of Florida, won two national championships. You know it's just it's it's incredible to see this gene just like carrying on and on. It. You know it's no doubt that you know if you train, if you grow up with someone that's really training hard, uh, has trained hard, they're gonna train you hard, and they're gonna push push you to another level. And I can uh, you can see it with Hardaway, you can see it with Glenn Rice, and uh, you can definitely see it with Harford too.
2: Those are, uh, you know, those young men, you got to tip your hat to them for uh, just playing basketball. You know, that could be very intimidating when your father's... uh, um a legend that made it to the NBA, uh, and, and those guys cases or your brother. Sometimes, you know, that'll lead you to not want to pursue playing basketball because uh, you're always constantly being compared to your, uh, to your father or your siblings. So, uh, you know, it's just a tribute to those young men and their hard work. And, uh, it is great to see them out and they're not only, uh, playing, but they're, they're playing a major role in the outcome of these ball games.
1: Oh, definitely! Oh, definitely! And you know, um, I really picked uh, Beheim to beat Michigan, and I really thought uh, Coach Beheim, with his experience, would really make a difference. But uh, the talent of these young freshmen that Michigan has playing for them, man, you know. And we talked about um, uh, Glenn Robinson, and we also we also talked about. Um, um, McGarry, you know these these two freshmen and this one, and this kid Spikes who comes off the bench plays some heck of a basketball for them. I mean this freshman group that they have it, it reminds you of the Fab Five freshmen of um, you know when when Jalen Rose and the, and the gang played together.
2: I don't know I don't know if I go that far to say they remind you of the Fab Five, but they have uh, definitely brought life to uh, to this basketball program. Uh, you know, McGarry, he's playing. He to me. I say he's playing himself out of college basketball at the level he's playing, uh, just the, the energy he's bringing to the table, uh, had a couple, couple early blocks, uh, 10 points, 12 rebounds, uh, six assists, and uh, he's just making all of the effort and energy plays, uh, then you got Nick Stark is, uh, he didn't have the game that he had against Florida, but just his presence, uh on the court. And, uh, teams are very aware that he can knock down a three. And then, like you said, you got Spike and, uh, who, who would have known that, uh, Karis Lavert would have had more, more points than, uh, Trey Burke. And it, it just goes to show, man, that, uh, it, it's not a one-man show. It's a team game. And uh, it, was, it took a total team effort to beat a, a great Syracuse team. And uh, it's going to take a, a total team effort tonight uh, to beat Louisville and cut down the nets if, the, if that's going to be their destiny. But uh, I'll I tell you one thing, Trey Burke is going to uh, he's gonna have to come up big. He's going to have to penetrate and get into the lane. And I think that's what's going to allow, allow Mitch McGarry to be effective because then the defense, they're going to have to collapse to, to Trey Burke. And then now you can get those offensive the rebounds, and those putbacks and those energy plays?
1: Yeah, you know, when you look at the, um, the Michigan Wolverines um, team, they've played a lot of team basketball at a very high level throughout this entire tournament. And I really feel like, you know, the way they've hit their outside shots, the way Glenn, Rice, uh, Glenn Robinson has played, played above the rim, and the way Trey Burke has penetrated – and dished off and made some long, long shots throughout this tournament. If they can play at that level and just continue to play at a high, high level with a lot of energy, I really can see them beating Louisville tonight, man. I really can.
2: The the one thing that uh that I took from uh, Saturday's Final Four matchups is uh in, in my opinion Michigan didn't play their best game but they found a way to uh to get the job done. Uh, when I looked at the Louisville and the uh, Wichita State game I saw the same thing in Louisville and uh, tonight I expect both teams to play up to their potential. And I, and I just think this is going to be a game that's going to come down to the wire. Uh, who's going to hit the free throws in the clutch? Who's going to make the big pass? Who's going to who's going to hit the big shot? Who wants to take the big shot? You know, sometimes the pressure in the moment gets two guys, but uh, who wants to step up and uh, lead their team to victory and uh, become a national champion? You know, me, me and you, Darrell, we're part of that fraternity. And uh, I just, I, I hope, tonight that I can welcome another group of uh, Michigan men into that fraternity, uh, that brotherhood of uh, being a national champion.
1: Well, you know, I've I've said it many times before, I don't like Rick Pitino, so that's another reason I'm pulling for Michigan. But, hey, man, I really think that if Michigan can hit their outside shots, and basically whoever hits the three-point shot tonight, because the three-point shot has become almost a necessity in basketball. And whoever's hot tonight with a three point shot and whoever plays with the with a little bit of aggression and looseness in the last five minutes of the game, something that Wichita State could not do on Saturday. Whoever plays with a lot of energy in the last five minutes of the game, I think it's gonna be they're gonna be the winners. Three point shot and the last five minutes playing with energy. If you got a twelve point lead, don't lighten up. Don't don't start second guessing yourself. Don't slow the game down. Let's play, play, play into the finish line, man.
2: Yeah, you you definitely have to play to win and uh, a lot of times you see when a team had a lead they go a little conservative and uh and sometimes that end up cost costing teams uh, their lead and and putting them in uh in 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 that crucial situation where you have to hit free throws and uh you know we didn't do a good job of that against uh Syracuse and we allowed Syracuse to get back in the game uh got a big charge call that uh that could have went either way late in the game that kinda helped seal the uh the victory. But uh it, it's those type of plays that's those those hustle plays, the plays that uh people don't talk about or uh that, that that goes unnoticed that a lot of time uh are the design factor in games like this.
1: Yeah, and you know Sam and that charge and call that could've that could have went either way. Um, and they call for the jump ball in the Wichita State game. You know, it's, it's really hard to see the referees blow the whistle um, it, with that length of time left in the game. You know, I think it, it comes a point where you have to swallow your whistle and let the kids play, especially when you've let the, it, let the game be almost like a, a heavyweight fight. It was so physical throughout the entire game. And all of a sudden you look up, now the referee can't keep his whistle out of his mouth. Come on, man. This is ridiculous. So let's let the guys play. And I don't think we're going to see these quick whistles tonight in tonight's game. We're definitely not going to see the quick whistles tonight.
2: I hope not. But uh, I I think both teams, they have to be aware of how the refs are calling the games. You know, is it going to be a game that the refs are going to allow both teams to be physical? Or is it going to be one of those games where the refs are going to set the tone early and they're going to blow the whistle? And, uh you know kind of control the game that way and then you know hey foul trouble can be a a big part of this uh this game too who has the most depth uh you know Louisville is missing one of their uh key uh key guys off the bench in Kevin Ware but uh in watching the Louisville and Wichita State game you know Louisville got 34 bench points uh you uh Tim Henderson he really stepped up and hit two two big threes back to back that really kind of gave his team some life against Wichita state. And uh, Luke Hancock came off the bench and had 20 points. And, uh, you know, when, when your starters aren't playing well, y- you need that type of production. Who's going to step up? Who's going to allow you to continue to get possessions and uh, win ball games. And uh, if it wasn't for Louisville, Louisville's bench, there's no way they would be in this national championship game.
1: Oh, well, well that's, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, this kid, uh, Shan Buchanan. Man, I mean, this this big kid plays some serious basketball for them. I mean, he's another bench player for Louisville, but um, you know, L- Louisville's guards are by far the best two players, two guards in in this tournament left. It's only two teams left, and Louisville definitely have the best guards. And Trey Burke, player of the year, but when you take when you take, um, I don't Smith, know.
2: If I... Uh, I don't know if I agree with that assessment. So you're saying that Siva and uh, Smith is, are, the best. Uh, are, are, th- are better th- than th- the Hardaway. Uh, Stock is in uh Trey Burke tandem. I mean, it's kind of tough when you got a guy that's a consensus All-American. He's the consensus player of the year to say that they're backcourt or they're the best two guards left. I I, I don't know. I can't I, agree with that. I think that
1: their guard, one. I think they. I think that drill penetration is, is a little bit better. Than what we, than the combination of Burke and Hardaway. Now, don't get me wrong. I, th- I think Hardaway is probably one of the few guys on the court tonight that we're going to see have a productive career in the NBA. And, um, I don't, I don't necessarily see Smith and, and Silver, Silver have, having these kind of careers, but at the college level, those guys are very good players. And, uh, and the, like I said, their dribble penetration is a little bit better than what I see for, on um, Burke. Now, Sam, I'm not saying that that's going to be the, the the root of the game tonight, the root of this game tonight, what's going to be the winning cause of the game tonight is going to be the three-point shot.
2: I I just think it's going to be a Trey Burke dictating tempo. uh, He he does a great job of penetrating, finding his teammates, handling the ball. And uh, I I really feel one of the big factors of the game is going to be is uh, how is Michigan going to – Respond to the pressure that uh, that Louisville is going to put on the ball. Uh, If you watch Louisville, they they're constantly putting pressure on the on the opponents' uh, guards. And uh, you know Trey Burke, he he's a big time playmaker. He can handle the ball. He does a great job of of protecting the basketball. And uh, he's going to have to do that tonight. And uh, Wichita State, they did that for 33 minutes, and uh, you know they had seven turnovers in the last uh, six minutes and 43 seconds, and that was the difference in that ball game. and what, series, what what Louisville's pressure allowed them to do is to get easy baskets. So uh, the, to me, I think that's going to be the key factor in this game is uh, how will Michigan and Trey Burke handle the pressure that Louisville is going to throw at them.
1: Well, Sam, what happened to Wichita State, man, it was pressure, that's for sure. But you ever been in like a tall building, like maybe on the 53rd or 63rd floor, and you look down and you just have that thought in your mind of, wow, I am really up here. And then all of a sudden, that thought goes from your throat to your stomach and to your lower intestines. And you get a little queasy and nervous, man. That's exactly what happened to these guys, man. They realized, wow, I'm on the 63rd floor. And they, they couldn't handle the pressure, man. Instead of them going to the elevator that's going to the bottom, they thought about doing other things. You see what I'm saying, man? Pressure.
2: And they're, doing the, and they're doing other things that uh, cost them the ball game and a shot exactly. at the national championship tonight. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info U.M. on the Voice America Network. And when we come back, we're going to give you our predictions on who will be cutting down the nets tonight.
3: Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation hard hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
4: Voice America Sports.
0: tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at UM 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this thing, man. You know, tonight is the night. Everyone knows who you're taking, you know. Hey man, I might have a surprise pick.
2: I might have a surprise pick. Yeah, okay.
1: All right. Well, tonight's game, um, I'm taking Michigan. I'm pulling for them. I like to
2: pick the team I'm pulling for, and I'm pulling for Michigan, so I'm picking them. I will be choosing the University of Michigan, man. I I just really feel that uh, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway uh, Junior., Glenn Robinson III. There's no way that we're gonna. lose this game, you know, uh Louisville, they're the number one overall seed in the tournament. Uh they're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be here, the two best teams in the tournament. And uh I, I just really like our chances tonight. Uh if if Louisville was to win the game, the one uh, the one thing I can take from it is just the uh the Kevin Ware story and uh how this young man uh battled through adversity and uh he he's become an overnight celebrity, Daryl. Definitely an overnight
1: eleven. It was very impressive to see him at the game on Saturday uh, cheering his team on
2: and uh, showing a lot of support. Yes, it was. The one thing that uh, I hope CBS, uh, I just really hope that uh, in, in every crucial moment in the game that they don't put the camera on Kevin where, you know, to take away from the young man that's on the court. And, uh, you know, like we said, this young man, uh, the first lady gave him a call. Uh, Oprah Winfrey called him. Kobe Bryant kevin durant charles barkley you know just to name some of the people that reached out to him uh even went on the david letterman show and did the top 10 list man so uh you, you know, know he he's definitely a celebrity man without a question you know? he is, but but you know Daryl, the one thing that i kind of worry about when uh when all the cameras are gone and all of the interviews stop you know when this young man get into rehab you know uh just emotionally, how how will he be able to handle this? How will he be able to deal with the situation of of trying to get back? I I, I for one, I've never had an extensive rehab from a major injury, uh, but you know, from what I hear, it could be tough emotionally, yeah. physically, and and, uh, and everything. So you know, we just wish him the best of luck, and uh, you know, uh, Louisville all in for wear, man. Adidas, they're making money off Mister Wear already.
1: And you wonder, and, you, and we know that he's not going to get one penny of the kickbacks either. Hey, but you never know, man. Maybe he gave his resume to Oprah when he had that conversation with her, or got a telephone number, cell phone number, or a fax number. You know, he can keep in contact with somebody like that. Maybe that's his ticket.
2: Hey, you never know. Hey, uh, but uh, moving on, uh, we've made our predictions. Uh, we hope for an exciting national championship game tonight uh but uh w- one of the topics that we really want to hit on and focus on and spend some time on tonight uh after everything that that has went on with the university of uh, Rutgers, is uh what are the roles of uh, the coach in sports uh america has seen the the Rutgers video and uh coach mike rice uh how he berated his players, he, he physically uh, abused them. And uh, so, so uh, we posed the question, you know, what is the actual role of the coach in sports?
1: You know, Sam, in the society that we live in today, um, things have changed from when I grew up in the 70s and the 80s. You know, when I, when I grew up, the role of a coach was just that. He was the coach. I mean, uh, some people would say, "Well, uh, he played the role of a parent." No, parents were very, very, very prevalent when I was growing up. You know, a coach was a coach. You know, he may have given you a ride home from practice, but he, you, you never really, you didn't have to go to him for necessarily advice about your girlfriend or advice about your parents or your life. But as, as society has changed, the role of the coach has changed. Most times, the coach he's involved with a kid that there is only one parent at home, or maybe that kid is possibly even living with his grandparents. So now the, the role of the coach has changed. Now he's more like a father figure. He's more of a of a of a mentor. He's more of a of a role model. He's more of a transporter. He he, he does so many roles.
2: Man, you know? man. I, I I totally agree with you. Uh, from from giving advice. To being a friend, uh, to to instructing the young man on on how to play the young man or lady on how to play whatever sport that they're playing, a mentor, uh, a motivator, role model, you know. There's a lot of hats that uh, coaches are asked to wear, and uh, but the the one thing that uh, most parents trust most parents trust that the coach is going to do the right thing uh you know watching this video uh, I I was just sick on my stomach uh some of the gay slurs that were being used uh just how how the players were being talked to and uh and I and I just thought back to when I was in college and how angry I was when I was 19 and 20 years old uh I watch these basketball players, and I say, man, how can you allow this man to treat you like this? And uh, I I cannot come up with an answer, Darrell.
1: You know, man, could you imagine the agony and the disappointment you got to tell your parents when you tell them, I've been kicked off the team for disciplinary reasons. I've been kicked off the team because I hit my coach. I've been put off the team indefinitely, and I've lost my scholarship because my coach pushed me, and I punched him in his eye.
2: But when you your coach, when I mean? when your parents or the university see the video of how these men were being treated, there there's, a, I mean, you can justify.
1: Sam, when you play the role of the child or the kid or that or that the person on the roster, he doesn't think about the video; he's thinking about probably like you would be thinking man they may have video but no one's never going to see it the people that count are never going to see the video you know and and it just so happened that um that 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 someone took a video in this case it's been in many cases and situations where there were no videos sam and and can you i I was a coach once man and, and and this this appalled me and i actually stopped coaching for this guy he would take a helmet and just bang on another kid's head, head with his helmet on because a kid did something wrong, missed a play. And I thought it was just, just unusual punishment. Now I stopped working for the coach and I was only there for a couple of days as a volunteer at one point. But how many situations like this go on in America where nothing happens, man, nothing happens.
2: And, you know, I think you really brought up a key point, uh, you decided after a couple of days that you didn't want to be a part of that situation. But uh, did you notify the administration? Because uh, my next question is, uh, as an assistant coach, what is your role and how do you step to the head coach and say, hey, you're out of line? You can't do this. This, this has to stop. So and Or I'm going to the athletic director. I'm going to the president of the school. So uh, you, those guys, Samir, just is guilty uh, for sitting by and not doing anything.
1: And a person like Eric Murdoch, who some would call a whistleblower, lost his job because he went and did what he thought was the right thing by telling the athletic director, and then they found a reason to get rid of him, a reason to dismiss him. Yeah, they know uh, you
2: know that that's why a lot of people don't go forward. You know supposedly was, he was fired for attending his son's basketball camp and not attending Coach Rice's uh, basketball camp. That's okay. why that's why he was uh fired.
1: Well, you know, I, I I really think uh, we haven't seen the last of people losing their jobs at Rutgers behind this, and I think the reason we don't, we're not going to see, we haven't seen more people lose their job, is finances. You know, when Athletic Director um, Panetti lost his job, he got, he still got paid. He's got to keep his iPad, got to keep his transportation, um, stipend. Hey, he, he walked
2: away with over a million dollars. Uh, uh, Panetti and coach Rice uh they're both walking away uh with university funded golden parachutes of more than 1 million dollars each and uh but but the thing that's uh that Rutgers really has to face and uh, has to get ready for is uh if these players choose to file suit uh you know that you you're talking about millions of dollars in legal fees and settlement costs
1: hey and in most cases, these young men will not be playing in the NBA. So what do they have to lose? They see an opportunity. And, you know, Some lawyers are probably already talking to them, getting their cases right. So, I can see this coming down to some settlements.
2: All right, have you seen the tape?
1: Yes, I have, several times.
2: And, and if you're talking about emotional, <laughs> physically and, and, and emotionally being abused. What are your thoughts? Would you file suit? Um. Uh, uh,
1: well, you know, I'm, I don't like to think that I'm a suit happy kind of person, but um, I I probably would. You know, as, as a as a young 24 year old, and I see an opportunity to um to you know get myself established a little bit. I probably would consider it, man.
2: Well, uh, Coach Rice. He's gone. He's no longer with the program.
1: Well, you, do you see him coaching any any uh, basketball team in the next five years?
2: Uh, you know, I, I really feel if he's going to continue to coach, he's going to have to go to the to the NBA. You know, uh, there's a lot of college coaches that uh, burn bridges. Uh, they they cheated, and they were welcomed with open arms. Uh, in the National Basketball Association. So I I think that's an option uh, for Coach Rice. But I I really think that he's going to have to really uh, – he's going to have to rebuild his image. Uh, I I do kind of like the fact when when the cameras was on him, he didn't make any excuses. He said it was terrible the things that he did. Uh, Instead of trying to hide uh, hide from it, uh, like I said, he's been fired. Uh, Jimmy Martelli, uh, who was nicknamed by the players as Baby Rice – Uh, He resigned. Uh, Tim Pernetti. uh, He resigned. And the general counsel who advised them on uh, only suspending Coach Rice uh, and to take anger anger management classes, he also resigned.
1: You know, and...
2: But the one guy that's still standing is the president, Robert Barchi. Is he going to make it through this week? Today's just Monday. Uh... I think he's going to survive. I really do. Is it the right thing? In my mind, no, uh, because when you're the president, you're in charge of overseeing everything, uh, and I'm going I'm to hold my thought until we come back from the break. Guys, you're listening to Sports Info. You're on the Voice America Network network.
3: The Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports.
4: Voice America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum 3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Good, and welcome back to Sports Info You're, Hey, Sam, a lot of people at Rutgers have lost their job. we got one man standing, and that is the school president. Some people are calling for
2: his head. Do you think he's going to make this week? Uh... I think he will, but uh, should he be there? Uh, no, I, I definitely think that uh, he's a part of the problem. And, uh, you know, as the president, you're you're in charge of the university. And uh, I, I really find it uh, hard to believe that when it comes across your desk that one of the highest paid employees on campus, uh, Mike Rice, has been fined and suspended in order to take anger management classes, that that didn't raise a red flag. Regardless of if you saw the video or not, uh, to me that should have been right there, a red flag, that something's not right, something's going on. And uh, I know you have a lot of responsibilities and a lot of duties uh, to carry out as a president, but uh, to me that that, that was a uh, red flag, number one. And uh, two, When uh, when he was aware of the situation, it took him 7 to 8 hours to uh, to view the tape and uh to me uh this is this is an urgent matter this is something uh that doesn't wait 7 to 8 hours from the time that you got it but uh just looking at his press conference uh he was on the defense and uh he was clearly a guy that was more focused on Trying to to save his job, but uh, I, I think one of the things uh, that could put a lot of pressure on him is uh, is boosters. You know, the people that that uh, that cut the checks and, and uh, sponsor the university. Some of the some of the big money donors. You know, if uh, if they stop cutting the checks, uh, then that, that's going to really put a lot of pressure on uh, Mr. Barchi uh, to either resign or some of the higher higher powers at Rutgers to um, step in and say, hey. Your your time here is no longer uh, needed.
1: You know, and Sam, that's, that's I think that could be part of the problem is because the boosters are going to be behind him because he's in their corner. You know what I mean? And, and in some cases, they give so much money until they don't they don't want a new face in the in the crowd. They don't want a new face in the game. A new face in the game may act, may actually have a trail for the money. They want this guy to stay there, and the boosters want him there. That's why he's still there, because if the boosters wanted his head, he'd be gone already.
2: Well, you know, there's a lot of talk of uh, guys uh, not uh, pulling funds because they're so embarrassed of uh, how this whole situation was handled. And uh, that that's really why I brought up the issue of the boosters, because there's already talk of uh, boosters uh, who whose next allotment of uh, – Payments are due. So, uh, yeah, I I just really feel, man, that uh, people are going to stop cutting these million and two million dollar checks and supporting the University of Rutgers. Uh, They just made a debacle out of the whole situation.
1: Yeah, they did. You know, it, it, it sort of reminds you of some of these other situations and scandals we've had in college, in major college sports. You know, but when you look at the guy Eric Murdoch, man, he has a he has a lawsuit against uh, the university as well, seeking about nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And everybody else has gotten paid behind this thing. I don't see why he doesn't get paid as well.
2: Uh, that that is true. Uh, hey, hey guys, I want to um, bring on. Uh... We call him Uncle Ray. So, uh, how you doing, Uncle Ray?
4: Well, I'm not sure, man. I, you know, I have to humble myself and, and make this phone call to participate in the show because, you know, of course, uh, you know, you guys got a game going on tonight, and uh, I got to be a good sport, you know. <laughs> so, I understand you guys are talking about what's going on in Rutgers right now, but uh, I just wanted to chime in a little bit, and I'm gonna be a good sport. I think you have to support the conference. Uh, but that's an interesting dialogue you guys have going on about
2: what's happening at uh, Rutgers University as well. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, it, it's a tough situation. But uh, when you're the president, your, your job is to lead and to make tough decisions. And, uh, again, I find it hard to believe when I, one of the highest paid employees on your campus is suspended fine in order to take anger, anger management classes. And uh, that then not raise a red flag.
4: Well, you know, to me, it, it kind of resonates a little bit, uh, just as it did when you talk about, uh, you know, a person in a high uh, ranking position, very similar to what happened at Penn State, you know, uh, leadership has to take, uh, has to step up and, and, and do the job that they were, you know, hired to do. And that is to make those very tough decisions. And I think that, uh, when you, when you can't make those decisions, then you can't fulfill the role. Uh, of the position of president or in uh, in the case of Joe Paterno, uh, that head coach at the university.
2: Uh, definitely. Uh, and, and I always felt in the Paterno situation uh, when, when everyone needed him to be strong, he he, he failed. Uh, I mean, was he a great coach? Yes. But when he needed to be strong for all of the individuals that, that were abused, uh, that was one of his weakest moments. And, uh, you know, I, I just... The president at Rutgers, in my in my opinion, uh, he didn't make the, the, the right uh, the right call on the situation. But it seems like uh, he, he's pointing a finger. You know, everyone else who's involved, they've been uh, dismissed from the university. And uh, he, he's still hanging on by the threads. Uh, how many more days does he have?
4: Well, if I'm not mistaken, Sam, I think that's kind of the same way things happen at Penn State as well. I, I think it was some time before... Uh, ultimately, you know, the head man in charge, uh, uh fell victim as well. And I, I think that's it's just a matter of time. But I, I think that's, I think that's a character issue and that's a moral issue that you have to stand firm on. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes it's difficult for us to make those decisions. I'm not going to say, uh, that I'm the type of human being that I too wouldn't take into consideration what people might think. Might try to save the university, but ultimately you got to sit down and you got to have some trusted individuals and ask them to remove themselves from their their personal relationships and to give you the best answers. That I think in 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 any leadership position, you have to surround yourself with people that are not going to be yes men and yes, madam. They're going to give you what is the best answer for the situation, based upon what you were hired to do. And if you don't have those kind of people, that are willing to help you make those tough decisions, particularly those that you can't confide in and have a candid conversation with them and ask them, let's just look at it from this perspective. Let's say it was your son or your daughter. What would you do? And if you if you can't make decisions based upon that, then then I would definitely question the kind of human being you are what type of character and moral values you really have.
1: Yeah. And Uncle Ray, you know, I think we... We, I think we're losing the fact of we send our kids to college and we expect them to be protected. We expect people to really look after their best interests. And this coach did not protect our children. He degraded them. He put them down in a horrible way. He physically abused them. And I, and, and I don't think enough has been done because if he had did these same things on the street, he could have easily been arrested and, and this would have been an assault charge.
4: I agree hundred percent. there's no doubt about it. And and that's what I that's what I mean by, you know, to really step back and take a look at I have this thing I call your YouTube moment. And and I always think about people in in, in high places with, with very high visibility and, and and all the notoriety that goes along with it. You know, your YouTube moment is a moment where you would find yourself where you've compromised yourself and now the world can see it. They pull that veil behind, you know, look and see what's behind that veil. And what are they going to see? And how would you feel if they saw that? And, again, I think if people think like that, I mean, now I can say this, we all have things in our past that we've done. But in this present tense of the way this world is now with real-time access to content that anybody can put up for the world to see, you've got to think differently than you thought 20 years ago.
1: And that's for sure. And, you know, we talked about it earlier about the role of a coach. The role of a coach has changed so drastically in the last 20 years to now these coaches are, in a sense, some of these coaches can become predators because they are so needed in the family of a child. You know, if you if you grow up with a kid coaching them and coaching them and coaching them, and now you're just another coach, well, no, you now, now you're a part of the family because you know the aunts, the uncles. And this becomes a, a needed part of the family, and, and in some cases, man, these people are not needed in the family. These are not very good people.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, that, that's why I think that there are more programs out there now. The MC 2 a and the league is, is starting to really take a look at uh, the development of student-athletes and, and understand the fact that there is a huge component of their life that they, they've neglected, and that's outside of athletics and the character of those individuals and, and shaping and molding and building those young men and, and young women, even to the point where they're able to stand up. One thing that I think was, is such a problem, that we are so many times in a subservient role, if you will, as a student athlete, uh, that we are taught not to respond to that coach and to accept that abuse, that is ingrained in us. But that, that—that's a, a coachable kid that doesn't talk back, that wouldn't retaliate. I'm sorry, but when I saw that coach throw that ball in a, a public, I just know in in, in the hood in Canton, Ohio, somebody might have went after him. You know, I just I just don't know how much can a person take. When do you reach a breaking point? I think that's beyond coaching. But I think we need to start telling and teaching young men and young women. What's acceptable? And when it's okay for you to go to somebody, just like you have the whistleblower's uh, law effect, uh, at the federal level, uh, as an employee of any company in the United States of America, you can, you're can. you protected by the government. In the event that you are subjected to something that is you feel is somewhat illegal and against the laws in terms of employment in the United States, you can go to, you know, a government agency or you're supposed to be able to go to a higher authority within the organization and report it and not fear for losing your job. These young men and young women are in fearful and in fear of being cut, being kicked off the team, being benched, not playing. Uh, and for those reasons, they subject themselves to that type of abuse. And we've got to educate them and, and teach them that you do not have to be subjected to that type of Coaching, if that's what they call it.
2: Yeah. Hey, guys! You're listening to Sports Info U.M. on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this break.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who will drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped
2: make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more
4: to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist
2: our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow.
3: To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Tune in every Monday after the busy sports weekend to Catch the Vision Sports Radio with host Thomas Lewis. We'll look at sports from every level, from what happened years ago to what happened last week to what's coming next. Thomas Lewis will take you to places you've never been before on a sports talk show and will bring an experience you've been waiting for. Our topics will focus on realities facing a player, labor disputes, academics, recruiting, and transition. Tune in to Catch the Vision Sports Radio Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach
4: made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, speak up Speak up! or forever
3: hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports.
0: You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, you know, um, there's, that's not the only scandal in college football, college sports this week. You know, this week we heard some stories come out of Auburn and how many years have we heard crookedness in Auburn? Even when Cam Newton was there, we heard the story about him. He, he was paid 125000 to play at Auburn. Um, hey, the stories never stop from Auburn, but for some reason, The NCAA doesn't stop in Auburn, Alabama. It seems to keep rolling through that little town and find its way to some other places like Miami, Florida. You know,
2: Auburn. uh, They they beat those. uh, They they beat those charges in the Cam Newton uh, incident. But you know, there's a lot of issues going on at Auburn from. allegedly uh, changing player grades, uh, paying players uh, to not go to the NFL and not discipline players for, uh, for failed drug tests. And uh, even, you know, the University of Florida's uh, head coach was accused of giving a player uh, an him with $400 in it. So uh, these are issues that the NCAA, they're definitely going to have to take a look at, at some of these uh, allegations that are going on at uh, Auburn University. And you, you know think, what they
4: let's... say, guys. Where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, I got to throw my house they had in there. You know, there there was some issues that were going on, and, and you know sometimes a couple things leak out, then a little bit more leak out, and then you know you got a little smoke, then you got a little spark, and it's a full blaze fire. So I I think there's a lot more to come. We're just hearing the beginnings of what's
2: happening down there at Auburn. And the day former, uh, defensive back, Mike McNeil, McNeil took a, a, a plea deal and uh, he, he's going to be in, going to prison for three years. He took a three year, uh, prison term with three years probation. Uh, and you know, I, I got to kind of say that that's not a bad deal after watching his former teammate, uh, Antonio Goodwin, uh, get sentenced to 15 years for, um, Arm robbery charge in 2011 after they won a national championship and uh two more guys dakota mosley and uh sean kitchens they're awaiting trial so are we going to see
1: um the auburn university national championship strip is that a possibility uh,
2: well i think it's going to be hard to strip it when uh you're saying that uh that they didn't pay cam newton uh i guess you had the ncaa has to do their research and uh And see, uh, is there a lack of institutional control? Because that's really what I see if you're changing player grades, you're paying players, and uh, you're not disciplining them uh, for uh, the failed drug test, even though uh, the the drug of choice was the synthetic marijuana uh, known on the street as Spice. But, uh, you know, I I just really think that uh, marijuana is a major problem in college athletics.
1: Uh, that's for sure, but I think people more look at the um, at the steroids as being a major problem. When when you're right, marijuana is a problem, but it's not an enhancing problem where it's going to make an athlete a better athlete. So I think when we start talking about sports, it's about making the athlete a better athlete because the better he is as an athlete, the more money he makes for the university. So you know, and the bottom line is saying we got to follow the money. And Auburn, Alabama, if you've ever been there, it is nothing. I mean, if you take Auburn University from Auburn, you know, from the city of Auburn, you would have just a little country town. I mean, it's just an ordinary country town. But because it is a university and because they have a stadium there that fits almost 100,000 fans seven times a year, and they're going to make a whole, whole, whole bunch of money every time they play at home, no matter who they're playing it's not much going to happen at Auburn University through the NCAA. I can guarantee you that.
2: The the one thing you don't want uh, any university, you don't want the NCAA sniffing around your campus. They
1: just left, Sam. And, they just- and,
2: and once they get on campus, man, uh, you know, sometimes you find out stuff that you find stuff you weren't looking for. And, uh, you know, so I, I really feel that, uh, that there's going to be some consequences uh, for these allegations. What, I don't know, uh... But, you know, I'm sure the university is going to paint these young men that are, are making these accusations as uh, angry former players. They're in trouble. They're trying to uh, say they're high. But uh, I, I kind of agree with Ray. Uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's normally uh, fire. Uh, you know, you hate to see these things uh, happen. Uh, they don't. They not only happen at Auburn, they happen all over the country.
1: Of course they do. But Auburn's name comes up quite a bit in these situations and uh, quite more than they should. You know, walk like a duck, quack like a duck, hey, it's a duck. There's some things going on there, man.
2: Now what do you think? How do you think the University of Florida feel with uh Coach Muschamp when he was a um defensive coach at the University of Auburn being accused of giving a player an envelope with four hundred bucks in
1: If he gave him four hundred, he gave out four thousand throughout that year.
2: <laughs> hey but man move
4: I, I, I agree with that. I believe if it was four hundred it might have been four hundred short. I think uh, you know. I, I've just been of the impression, guys, of, of, and of the opinion uh, that that's part of the problem. The, the part of the problem is when you send student athletes to places which are foreign to them in terms of what their background is and, and where they where they come from, and, and then you sit there, send them there with uh, with a lack of resources, and uh, and perhaps maybe that uh, makes them a little bit more creative. I think that every student athlete. Are some of the most creative people that you would ever find or walk this earth. And, and they can find a way to, to do good things and bad things. And sometimes, uh, they find a way to do some things that, uh, there's some serious consequences to it. But, you know, the $400 was wrong, but, um, I certainly think that the student, I think you guys are Probably know why I feel that way, but I'll just say this: uh, I don't necessarily think that the $400. Ain't, the only thing wrong about that is at the time it currently is illegal to do that. But $400 for a game, tell pros get they get paid but $400 a minute. <laughs> so when it's the same game. It's just uh, one is an amateur, quote unquote, and the other is a professional athlete.
2: There's not, you know, and uh, the NCA is a non-profit organization, but. They're raking in billions and billions of dollars. They're controlling all of the TV contracts. And, and, you know, these universities, they can take these young men jerseys after a game and they can put them on eBay. They can sell them. They can auction them off. But now if you're a player, you do that. It's an NCAA violation. Uh, I I just really think that the whole NCAA organization, man, the the mindset has to change. This is not an amateur sport anymore.
1: No, it's definitely not an amateur sport, Sam. And when when you look at a, a state like Alabama, that has no professional sports, Auburn football is a professional sport in
2: Alabama. And you know, it, it, if you go to to be honest, man, I, I I really feel I played in the Big Ten. No offense to the SEC, but just just hearing guys that took trips to the SEC is. I, I feel this is a conference problem. Uh, that, that there's a lot of issues that that really needs to be addressed uh, in the conference. Uh, a couple years ago, it was Alabama players that were saying the same thing, making these type of allegations that uh, they were getting paid. Uh, you know, some maybe some of them are disgruntled players, but at the same time, man, I think that there's a lot of truth to this, and uh, maybe the coaches don't know. Uh, because you have fans and alumni out there that uh they're they're willing to do anything to get a kid to to go to their university.
1: And that's true. And you and we have to understand that these universities are making millions of dollars from these football programs and the football programs are predominantly supporting all the other sports at the university and paying to the university um professors. Football. And so when we look at it like that, man, hey Wow, what are the players getting? Oh, they're getting a scholarship. The equivalent of Peyton Manning's salary for one year will pay for everybody's scholarship at Auburn University. Well, what are they doing with the rest of the money, man? Come on, you know it takes maybe four million dollars' space for everybody's scholarship for the entire year. Well, four million dollars is a lot of money to some people, but when you're when you're racking in eighty-seven million, a billion dollars a year, hey that's definitely
2: no it's not hey uh you know j- not just to shift gears and and, and on a, a more of a positive note uh did you hit did you see the story uh jack hoffman uh seven-year-old brain cancer uh, patient uh university of nebraska scrimmage uh rumble 69 yards for a touchdown and uh I, I just really think that that was a great thing uh a great look for the university of nebraska cornhusker hey,
1: what what a run and i saw that kid shift gears a couple times man
2: he got another gear man he has a
1: future yeah he has a future man what's right? the thing about Brittany grinder man says so she can play in the nba uh
2: I, I don't know i don't know man i don't i don't think stop I
1: think, lying sam I, I
2: you know a, i think they're making a mockery of her hey guys it's Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, We'll see you next week. Uh, You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network, and we will see you next week. It's always nice. Peace.
0: Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.